buckle up. <laughs> because in full disclosure, this, I feel this like this trip is gonna be bumpy. I need to let the audience know that I was um asked to go to a brunch today mm-hmm. and I went mm-hmm. and I I had a good time. You consumed a bottle of brunch. champagne. What did you have? A bottle of champagne. <laughs> So, and then you came home and consumed a bottle of vodka. So here we are. Uh, uh, you know what? What's your I'm name? I'm Jay. Though? Who are you? Wait, what did you say? Uh huh. Who are you? Jay. Say it again. I'm Jay. And I'm Ray. <laughs> and this is He Said. He Said, the podcast that will make you go, hmm. We are here every week in your ears, giving you the most, but we will remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to us on He Said, He Said podcast on all streaming services. We are also on your social media platforms at He Said, He Said Pod. And we want to then remind you to submit a review on Apple Podcasts. Or if not on Apple devices, you can find us on Facebook at We Said Sound Off, which is a group in which you can join in the messiness with us week to week, day to day, moment to moment. It is so, so much fun. We appreciate all the engagement of folks you know, and listeners and non-listeners alike um, actually engage in that particular group. And it's so much fun. So please look for that. Join us. So yes. what is your love it or shade it this week? Um, I don't think I'm going to start. On this I think beautiful you're going to start. Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I think you're going to start. What's your love it or shade it? I have a love it to trash thinkless TV like The Circle. <laughs> thinkless. Nailed Thoughtless? it. Thoughtless. Mm-hmm. Thoughtless. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, nailed it. And Netflix served us with a dose of thoughtless television um, where you can binge. The Nailed It, The Circle. It is back. If you're looking for a TV that just you, you can binge and have a moment without thinking, mm-hmm. it is. And, you know, if you partake in any behaviors that are, you know, legal in your world mm. of this United States, Mm-mm. Do such and watch such and slide in our DMs and tell us what you think. He um he said he said pod. It's a moment and it's about to be summertime. So oh I'm here God. for all of it. You're welcome. Okay. All right. Yes. So thoughtless TV is your love it. Mm-hmm. I mean, but we we okay. That's fine. We do like we, love it. we do like a little thoughtless TV, whether it be like Housewives or yeah, like although love. these days Housewives sometimes you have to think and you be googling stuff afterwards. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> like who is like who is Prophet Lot? I don't know who Prophet Lot is. Okay, Prophet so Lot L O T T for anyone who wants to go down that particular rabbit hole. Um, so my shade it is actually really serious which i'm like now i've been drinking so let's i hate that <laughs> oh lord told you buckle <laughs> up let's see how this goes okay so my shade it is to respectability politics this okay. is already deep, bitch. I need to And I'm going to speak slowly and no, how they do. play into reinforcing structures of oppression. Oh, this is so, this your TED <laughs> So we've talked about respectability politics on the pod before. You know, this whole idea of kind of a self-imposed and then also outside of, of marginal mm. groups, too. Or marginalized groups too, um, but it's this whole idea that like you need to to be better, you need to do better, you need to be you know more moral than the majority, you need to to do better than the majority in order mm. to assimilate. 
um, in order for um, you to counteract the effects, I guess, of racism. Um, but the, the idea that black folks who have been killed or brutalized at the hands of the police should have simply complied kind of falls under respectability politics. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if they only had just done what the police told them, then they would have been fine. Um, and this makes it seem as if excessive force mm. all the way up to death, in my opinion, it makes it seem as if that is justified, which it's not. And it shouldn't be regardless of the race of the you know, subject of, you know, the cops attention at any given time. And it's no different than assholes saying that women should dress a certain way to avoid being raped. It's complete and utter bullshit. Um, cops are very well trained, or at least they should be. Um, and they should be able to de-escalate situations where, you know, they have someone who is a subject of whatever it is that they're doing who may not want to get into the car or whatever it is. And, you know, again, um, you know, in many videos that I've seen, I have seen mm-hmm. cops, more specifically white, clo- white cops, de-escalate situations where the subject of their attention is white mm-hmm. as opposed to black. But it seems as if whenever it is a black person, then all of a sudden, you know, they're so scared. This person was so much of a threat, even if they're unarmed. Child. So, um, again, I think that this is ridiculous. Um, and it absolves a law enforcement professional of any guilt in these situations. Um, and it's just like, you know, absolving men of guilt in situations where they rape a woman because she was dressed a certain way. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of this bullshit. And I have to say that seeing other black people say this not only burns my biscuits, it fucking incinerates them. Oh, not a burn biscuit. Dust. Like that. Oh, That's what happens. Wow. So, um, again, you know, if you agree with that kind of thinking, I you say. You can follow at underscore Ray said. I say, I say, fuck you and the racially biased horse that you rode in on. Oh. And I'm also tired of skirting the issue which um is really and squarely anti-black prejudice and racism mm. so thank you for coming to my ted talk yeah that's true you can <laughs> subscribe to his youtube channel under at underscore race said that's not true i don't ha- i do not have a youtube channel you're it's welcome fine. it's fine <laughs> you are welcome. i got through that great okay it was, it was, I'm glad that you had some t- notes. All right. There's no telling what it would have been. So, um, I mean, I always have notes. I always come prepared. I always, at um, least a Bible. Um, but, um, you know, my notes, they're used as a guideline. It's fine. Um, it's moving on to unfiltered and unbothered. Yes. This week. Mm. From one heavy TED talk to another. I know. Starting with the issue of the killing of Dante Wright at the hands of former police officer Kim Potter. And this Mm. was in Minnesota, miles away from Mm -hmm. the Derek Chauvin, um, George Floyd trial. So that just gives you an idea of just like the issue that these things are constantly compounding in Minneapolis is not having a moment no they are not so on April 11th Dante Demetrius Wright who was a 20 year old and I believe he's um half black Mm -hmm. um but he's being widely reported as being African-American which I guess yes he's he's half black half white um he was fatally shot by former police officer Kimberly Potter Mm. during a traffic stop um where um they were attempting to arrest him for outstanding arrest warrant or a, an outstanding mm-hmm. arrest warrant in Brooklyn center, Minnesota. 
Um, so uh, for anyone who's seen this, there is video of this after a brief struggle. He shot. Um, and then apparently, because I personally have avoided the video for my own mental health mm-hmm. and peace. Um, but apparently after he shot, he still manages to get into the car and drives off. Mm-hmm. Um, but then crashes his vehicle into another vehicle and then hits a concrete barrier, mm-hmm. which I'm like, okay, well, that's not what people, what's being reported because I guess everyone's just fixated on the fact that we have another police shooting here. Um, but he was pronounced dead at the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, one other interesting fact that I was not necessarily aware of was that his girlfriend was sitting in the mm-hmm. passenger seat of the vehicle during that's this not whole been episode. Reported. Um, at least at first, like in the headline, which is super interesting to me, because if you have a police officer who's shooting mm-hmm. into a vehicle where there is a passenger, mm-hmm. she could easily have also shot the passenger, mm-hmm. which, again, is something that's being lost here. Which why is she not being charged for that? Mm-hmm. We'll get to what she's being charged with. Um, but she she being Kim Potter, to be clear, is a white woman. 48 years old, 26 years on the force. So she is a veteran. Not only that, as a field training officer, Mm -hmm. she was training two new officers Mm -hmm. at the time of the incident who were there to witness this particular incident. Dante, um, again, 20 year old, is also the the father of one son, Dante Jr., who is just shy of his second birthday. Mm. So, I mean, I'm going to stop there because I have lots and lots of notes. But um, oh, what, how did see. you? Oh, my God. How did, how, how did you feel? The typography is small. <laughs> Get out of my business. I'm like, how did you, you need feel? a magnifying glass. How did you feel when you heard that there was another shooting of an, arm, an unarmed black man, not only in the U.S., but also in Minnesota? Um, I, it honestly tired and I, and I say that knowing that I don't identify as a black person, but I am an ally, an active ally. And mm-hmm. I, you know, am tired of the same types of conversations. I think that we are in a unique situation as a country, as a people, to shift the conversation and not have these scripted conversations about the injustice Um it's similar to gun violence. It's similar. There's there's so many things that we have a almost like a talk track mm-hmm. of when something like that happens because it keeps how happening. To process. Right. And for me, it's like if you keep stubbing your toe every time you pass a piece of furniture, at some point, what you gonna do? Move the fucking piece of furniture. So <laughs> I think it's time for like to me, like not to oversimplify it, but like it just to me, it's like it's time to shift and change, yeah. and. I don't know if and I don't know when that will happen. But what I believe is it, I believe it's now. And, you know, it's super it's a very similar conversation. I'm glad that you said that, because what it makes me think of is a very similar conversation to the one that we continue to have about gun violence mm-hmm. and these active shooter situations, because there was just another active shooter situation where we had eight people at a FedEx facility who mm-hmm. were killed. I can't even remember what city it was in. Um, but you know, they're killed by an active shooter and that's after a bunch of other active shooter situations mm-hmm. that we've had. And the same thing where it's like, at what point do you move the fucking piece of furniture? Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause thoughts, prayers. Oh, it's so that's terrible. It, that means cute, nothing. But it means nothing. It means change. nothing. 
it's like you know one of those things where um you know it's like that whole thing where someone apologizes to you and it's like mm. oh well an apology is great Love but you know that. what's better change me. behavior you better tell them what so I it's say. like so when mm-hmm. come on so when does that change behavior actually happen and 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 it's like people always keep saying, well, when will we get beyond it? When will it be better? It will be better when there's actual change behavior. That's what it is. That's when it will be better. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very demoralizing for me as a black man. I would have to say that I have been avoiding George Floyd, the the Derek Chauvin trial um, mm-hmm. for the murder of George Floyd, um, and kind of like I have to hate to say it, but for lack of a better term, almost burying my head in the sand in a way, just because mentally I didn't want to take that on. Mm-hmm. And then to have this happen and then to have the I believe he was either 13 or 14 year old, this mm-hmm. that person, this black um, kid who was also shot within the past week. It is so much. It is so tiring. It is so demoralizing. And. It's interesting because a thing that I've seen that's been making the rounds literally as of today is um, Cuomo. Um, oh, Chris yeah. Cuomo, where mm-hmm. he said, I guess, on his show, because, you know, he, he fashions himself as a straight talker. I have issues with Chris Cuomo. That's all. Uh, the Cuomo's is. Yes, bitch. the Cuomo's are in- They're interesting. Um, but I will agree with his statement, which is basically like that. We will see a change when the white kids are being mm-hmm. killed. That's when we will see yeah. a change. But you know what? The white kids are not going to be killed because like I said earlier, when it's a white person, de-escalation is possible. But um, uh, uh, somehow when it's a black person, de-escalation all of a sudden is not possible. It's systemic. Because they fear for their lives. And it's so fearful, even though the black person doesn't have a weapon. Mm. I mean, I, I, I mean. <laughs> so to be clear about what happened with uh, uh, Kim Potter um so the and and this shit happened within the blink of a a motherfucking eye Mm -hmm. which makes sense because of where it is and you know this is a community that has already been rocked and just like completely shell-shocked by what happened to Mm -hmm. george floyd and all over everywhere globally so, so in in minnesota they're like okay like i think the next day the video footage was put out and then i think the day after that um, she was charged with second degree manslaughter um, by um, Washington County um, Attorney's Office. Um, and this is a felony offense entailing culpable ne- negligence, creating unreasonable risk. Mm. And it carries a maximum penalty of 10 years incarceration and or a $20,000 fine. That doesn't, $20,000 doesn't seem like enough. Um, I mean, does she got $20,000? But the other thing, oh, she has it. The other thing is that she resigned. Um, she and the chief of police actually resigned like the day after. So the day after when they released the put the footage, um, chief Tim Gannon said that she intended to use a taser. Um, and, but instead she discharged her gun and it, and I have seen the, the parts of the video where she says taser taser, which I guess is something they're supposed to do if they're going to be tasing Tased. as opposed but to But the shooting. taser is not black, but the she actually then and shot it was in her him. right hand and right. the taser is on her left hip. And that was the other thing where I'm like, so I don't know. Does she have both weapons no. in her hand? So she had her gun already drawn mm-hmm. because he's a black man. And of course they're, they're such a threat. So you have to pull your gun for a fucking mm-hmm. traffic stop. So she has her gun drawn, and then she says, taser, taser, but then doesn't actually pull a taser. She just shoots him. Correct. And then when he drove away, she said, I shot him. Oh, shit, or some, something like that. Yeah, I oh, shot shit, him. I shot him. 
So right after this, um, there actually was um, a an investigation, and I believe it was the city council had decided that they were going. Yes, the city council recommended firing her, mm. and that was in an emergency meeting the next day on the twelfth. And then she ends up um, mm. See, resigning. And the like, other thing that people we don't were accept your resignation. The other thing people were That's saying we is that known. she resigned because then she gets to keep her pension. If oh, she so had they, been fired, they need, they she need wouldn't to cut have been it. able to They need to pension. cut it. They need to be like, nope. I agree. This is bullshit. It will be very, very interesting to see what happens. Um, after she was indicted, um, you know, she was arrested <laughs> and booked. But then she was released a few hours later after posting a $100,000 bail bond. Bitch, all I know is Siri said, what is a resignation? And she <laughs> said, here's what I found. So she is Thanks, out here. Siri. She heard you. Thanks, Siri. Can you tell us what um, police abuse and, and um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Brutality? Yes, brutality. Can, you, can, she, can she explain Girl, that to us? That bottle of champagne and <laughs> bottle of vodka then got to your head. That was, I feel like that was more than a bottle of champagne, but it's fine. Um, but yeah, and the other thing that people have been bringing up is, um, for anyone who doesn't know, there was a black officer, um, uh, officer, no officer, nor who was found guilty of third degree murder, um, or third degree, um, manslaughter in the death of Justine Rasisk. Um, I hope I'm saying that right. Demond. And I don't know if you remember, but it was a black officer. He was like from Africa and he shot this white woman. They found his ass guilty. And the crazy thing is that um, he was basically like the first officer who had been found guilty of, you know, any type of manslaughter or murder in hundreds, no, in decades. So, again, what this shows to me very plainly is anti-black prejudice and racism, which are so alive and well today in many different communities and especially in communities that are in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know... I don't know. I'm just, I'm over it. Me too. It's, I'm so, it's exhausting. I'm so over it. And it's time to move the furniture. It's like, yes, yes. It's time to move the motherfucking furniture. Okay. Yes. Move it. I can't. Cause I'm going to leave the door open. <laughs> that has nothing to do with this. <laughs> I'm going to leave the door open oh. for you to leave. Okay. All right. Sure. So we'll be following this case. We'll have to see what happens with Kim Potter. Um, you know, notably, we have not been talking about the Derek Chauvin trial and that has been deliberate, but we obviously will um, keep you posted on what happens with that as well, as well as the um, case where the teenager um, was shot more recently. He was again, I can't remember if he was 13 or 14, yeah. but all right, moving on from one mess to another, mm, good apparently good Bobby God, Brown, Bobby Brown, the singer, not the makeup model slash whatever white woman lady whoever mm. she is but bobby brown the singer believes that nick gordon i don't know if you know who nick gordon is yeah nick nick gordon, nick gordon was um bobby christina's boyfriend yes or fiance so apparently bobby brown believes that nick gordon killed whitney houston how so he recently he murdered him or he, made her, like he no. recently sat down at the red table with oh, Jada Pinkett. Red table, they got I time. think it was all three of them. I think it was all three generations. I think it was um, Jada as well as Jada's mom. Oh, and yeah, also usually, Willow. Yeah, because um, but sometimes Willow, I felt like is not there because she'd be bugged. <laughs> Doing what? Doing what? I don't know, but she'd be bugged. <laughs> um, but he opened up about all of the death that has happened 
around him because mm-hmm. if you don't remember doesn't he have two kids that passed away um yes Father Christina yes and his son. exactly because he had the deaths of his son bobby brown jr which was the most recent his daughter bobby christina and obviously most famously his ex-wife whitney houston mm-hmm. and this has all happened in the past decade mm-hmm. um so he's 52 years old now and he said that he definitely believes that nick gordon who to your point is or was because he mm-hmm. is also dead now um but he was um, Bobby Christina's fiance. I believe mm. he was still her fiance at that time. When of they, death. She passed away. Um, so he says that Nick Gordon was responsible for the deaths of both Whitney Houston and Bobby Christina who died. You know, if you remember, um, amidst, um, very similar and very eerie mm, circumstances, mm-hmm. they both drowned in their own bathtubs Yeah. Um, or drowned in bathtubs because Whitney was in a hotel. Um, so he says that he thinks that um, Gordon, who, let's be clear, was not found liable um, for Whitney Houston's death, um, but apparently was found liable for Bobby Christina's death. I remember, that, I remember death. that there was there was investigation, but I don't remember there being like a. Formal- I don't. I don't either. But this says that he was found liable. I'll have to look that up. Oh. Um, but what he's basically saying is that that. Um, uh, Gordon supplied yeah. both Whitney and Bobby Christina with drugs mm, um, that and that them. he was there when in the, both instances what, was he hot when too? they drowned um, so what did you what did you think when you heard this headline I think that Bobby um, also to be clear just to let everyone know so Gordon uh, died okay. of a heroin overdose in 2020 I just wanted to be clear that he's he's gone he's not here either I feel like Bobby Brown has experienced a lot of grief mm-hmm I also feel like Bobby Brown has experienced a lot of financial issues. Mm -hmm. So I feel like Bobby Brown is using an opportunity to talk about his grief to potentially get some financial gain. Mm. Um, I think that, you know, the fact that he's lost two children and one child is within the last year, you know, I'm not telling him what timeline to grieve, but he probably has become numb to losing someone that he loves because of him losing Whitney and then, few few years later losing bobby christina like to me nick always was weird their relationship was weird weren't they like wasn't he like adopted or like something yeah it was like he was family where like he was being raised by bobby and um whitney Uh and then something like that or at least whitney it just was weird i think whitney had kind of almost adopted him like a son um, but then he ended up in a relationship with Bobby Christina. Drug addiction is serious. And I feel like Bobby also has had his issues with drugs. So to me, I didn't watch the red table. So I only saw snippets um, that were about this said topic. So overall, I just feel like it's, it's hard because we're all mourning, obviously the loss of Whitney Houston's still all of us are processing that right because we we love her she was gone too soon this that and the other and we want to blame him so i feel like it almost was like passing the buck mm-hmm. as well it was like okay i didn't have anything like mm-hmm. to do with it it was all him mm-hmm. so i don't know it's interesting what were your thoughts um very similar to yours um i have to say that at first i was because i only read like the headline at first and it said he did something to the effect of he reveals who he thinks is responsible for for mm-hmm. Whitney's passing, which obviously that's clickbait. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but the first thing that went through my mind was, you know who killed Whitney Houston? 
Whitney Houston did. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, and I think it's okay for people to acknowledge that she was an addict, mm-hmm. that addiction is a mental illness. We've talked about this so much on the, on the pod and talked about it um, very notably last week, um, you know, because of DMX and um, talking about Demi, Demi Lovato. Lovato. Like it is a mental illness and it's something that, that it's a conscious choice. It, like you, you are like, you're consciously addicted Right, like I would say. Well, like I mean, you, I wouldn't. I mean, I don't know if I would, if I would use the word the term conscious choice, but I just think that I would say like you know, like if you're if you're reaching for the drug, you know you're reaching for the drug. Oh, that for is, sure, that's conscious that you're making, and you the know choice. that it's bad for you as well. So like it's so I guess to your point, it is a conscious choice, but it also is because it's a mental illness. Um, it is hard to overcome Agreed. that urge to use the drug. Um, so you know. I think that for the longest time we had this narrative that Bobby introduced Whitney to drugs, which we have found out later is, is false. Um, you know, and that it actually was Whitney's brother who introduced her to drugs. That's something that we found out in the Whitney biopic. Um, and, you know, I think that in this case, to your point, I agree that it's a bit of um, blame shifting in a way it is. where it's like, oh, it wasn't me. You know what I mean? That that this is the thing where he's like, uh, nope. I want you to, to know like, that you this wasn't my her. fault. You were a part of actually both of their my journeys. Point, that's another thing that I thought, which was, but you also were married to this woman for like a decade or something like that. And, and you were the like, father of the, your child that saw drugs, whether you want to believe it or not, mm-hmm. a part of your mm-hmm. life. And also who experienced it, it, what I would have to think is a pretty large um, percentage of absenteeism from both of her parents. Yeah. You know, and not just absenteeism because of them being Bobby Brown and Whitney Houston because they're the both addiction. huge stars. But yes, also because they're, they, I'm, I can only assume that they were so wrapped up in their own addictions. Mm-hmm. And it's speaking from someone who's, who, you know, who has a parent who was addicted to drugs that, you know, that addiction also, even when they were quote unquote home and not on tour or not working, they, weren't they were still not present in her life because the drugs were what they were seeking above all else. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I thought about it. I thought I felt like, you know, first of all, it feels like you're shifting blame. Second of all, you're blaming someone who's dead, who cannot defend himself. Mm-hmm. And to a certain degree, I feel like that is just not OK. Um, so, you know, again, he talked in this interview about um, losing these people. I guess he took a certain amount of I don't know if I want to call it accountability, but you know, just saying, yes, um, you know, I was also addicted to drugs. He says he's 19 years sober from drugs, but not from alcohol, mm. allegedly. Um, and, you know, he is saying that in a relationship with Whitney, that while there wasn't any physical abuse, that there was emotional or verbal abuse that mm. was happening between the two of them. Um, because that's my thing where it's like you were married to this woman for a long time. And yeah. not only that, the other thing that I found curious was that what he claims is that the first time that he ever saw her do cocaine, which I was like, okay, that's cocaine. What about all other drugs? But the first time he ever saw her do, do cocaine was literally on their wedding day, which I don't mm. believe either. No. I don't believe that. That sounds very preposterous very, to me. It's very. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? So everything was fine. There was either no drug use or maybe she was only smoking weed or something else before the wedding day. And, and all of a sudden, like, the wedding day. Mm, I'm wearing she white. Was, <laughs> I want to find the white. <laughs> she was doing lines on that's the coffee not, table on the wedding day. It's funny, but it's not day. funny. 
I just, I can't. I, I just, I don't believe that. I don't believe Bobby. The other thing is, I'm sorry, I was like, Bobby, I don't believe you. I'm like, wait a second. Robert. Since when was Nick Gordon with Whitney Houston when she died? That has not so been reported. So I had anywhere. to Google it, and I did Google it, and it turns out that the only people or person who's saying that Nick was there is Nick's mother, mm. who's saying that he found her and that he attempted CPR on her when he found her un or non responsive. And that after that, she passed away. I call bullshit on that. That does not even sound like Because everyone true. that I read, bitch, said Pat that was there. Pat was there. Pat was the one who was there. As far and, and I mean, honestly, we weren't there. We don't know for sure. But I, don't, I do I don't not trust believe Pat either, girl. There. I don't trust. I thought he was going to say Pat. No, he should have said Nick, neck, patty, whack, give a dog a bone. That's what he should have said. You know what? That's not funny. That's what he should have said. That is not funny and then the other thing is what is the incentive for nick gordon to what's the incentive to kill for whitney i guess he's saying that it wasn't on purpose he's trying, trying to clear his name he's saying that it was the drugs that killed he's trying her to clear his name and that nick was the one who supplied them mm. okay all right Lead bobby is he writing a book girl, have he, you seen anything about him writing a book it must be he a already book. had a lifetime movie so <laughs> <laughs> that's done <laughs> all right so again with absolute foolishness you may have heard mm. i don't watch this show full disclosure jay doesn't watch this show watch don't. the bachelor not interested i don't even know this but name. what piqued our interest is that former bachelor colton underwood he's a has what? come out as gay he's a homosexual he is a homosexual apparently allegedly according to him so this past week <laughs> it's not alleged if he out here saying he liked it th- 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 it's still alleged he i mean until i, I see it in his mouth it is alleged oh you know what <laughs> no so colton i'm Underwood sure that's on his short list of only fans came out as gay in an exclusive interview with good morning america so he was speaking to Robin Roberts. Oh, okay. Come on. She loves a good coming come out on, story. Rainbow Coalition. Um, he explained it had taken him years to come to terms with the fact that he is gay. Um, even going so far <laughs> as to um, appear as straight on The Bachelor. Okay. So um, he says that he had years of turmoil and struggle um, you know, and this was, uh, apparently I didn't watch the interview, but, um, it's been reported that you could kind of see that he was very emotional and nervous when he mm. had this interview, which I guess I can understand. I mean, um, and he said that his childhood growing up as, um, Catholic, um, uh, made him feel as if being gay was a sin and the anti-gay slurs, um, that or he had actually around. heard, I guess during, so apparently he is a former football person. So he played football at Illinois state university and also briefly in, in the NFL, which, oh, I don't okay, know. sure, whatever. Um, but he says that the gay, the anti-gay slurs that he heard in his sports career only made him feel more shameful. Mm, that's real. Um, so, um, you know, he had discussed all this, including self-hatred as well as suicidal thoughts. So he went and found the vagine. So what, when you, <laughs> when you heard this, what did, what did you think? I first mean, all, I, I don't I know said, what you thought considering the fact that we don't watch the show, but first of all, <laughs> it's sad that then he also is trying to monetize his coming out situation. Okay, tell me so more. To me, I just feel like. Going on GMA, signing on to some, is it a Netflix show or Hulu of like, yes. with another gay man? He's getting like, a lot of support. So it's like, to me, I just feel like monetizing your coming out 
it's problematic, um, you know, and then, you know, blaming, you know, football culture as one of the reasons is also like, okay, well, well, you didn't have to play football. You also didn't have to not be out. Like, so to me, I just, I don't really know him like that. (laughs) I don't really care about him like that, but I found it just interesting that it was all of this story and all of this like headline about, Mm -hmm this that makes me just wonder you know now he's trying to monetize and i said this to you off mic i was like i wonder if this was also to see the interest about a gay bachelor oh that's one of the rumors is that they are floating kind of the idea of having him be the first gay bachelor i guess um but for me when i saw that headline i was like oh great rah 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 lgbtqia plus this is this is interesting because you know, this puts that the whole LGBTQIA plus um, not agenda because I don't uh, you know subscribe to that bullshit, but just it creates more visibility to that the community. Um, but then as I actually started to read a little bit more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently oh, not only is Mr. Underwood 29, which he's a fucking baby, um, but he doesn't look 29, 29 years old. He also apparently is being accused of allegedly stalking and harassing his ex-girlfriend, Cassie Randolph. Um, And I don't know. I don't know where she fits into the show because, again, we didn't watch. I don't know if she was the Bachelorette and if he won or what happened. But apparently they were in some type of a relationship. And after which um, she filed a temporary restraining order against him saying that he had been stalking and harassing her. And this was after they had broken up. Mm. So according to court records, um, she said that he was sending unsettling text messages to her, Mm. her friends and her family Mm. repeatedly calling her and also went so far as to place a tracking device on her car. Mm Hmm. This don't so, sound like homosexual <laughs> behavior for a woman. This sounds this sounds different. <laughs> like how you like penis, but then you tracking her down <laughs> because he was trying to convince himself that he was straight. So I guess he thought he needed Girl, to be like, mm-mm. you know, sleeping Send with the enemy. He needed to be sleeping with the enemy straight. Okay, I don't know about his <laughs> life. So that's interesting, and um, I think it was BuzzFeed that had a really interesting article about this, where they were like how is it that he's been able to shape the narrative related to this whole issue mm-hmm. um, and come out really smelling like roses? Whereas um, from what they've been able to see, Cassie Randolph, who was a woman who was accusing him of this, her mentions were fucked up for a while because mm-hmm. everybody wasn't coming at her saying, why are you trying? Why are you doing this to him? And it's just like, Mm-mm. yet again, the fucking patriarchy is mm-hmm. What's his work. name? Colton? Or Colton. Girl. Colton. Colon. Okay. That's what you are. Get okay. your ass cleansed. And it's like you have okay. the patriarchy, you have white supremacy, you have these, you know, things that are working together to keep these other groups down, mm-hmm. including women. Um, and you know, they're alive and well and they're working overtime in these streets. So it's something that I feel like we need to make sure that we are always being aware of. 
And my thing is, if Colton were black, he would have been discarded long ago, especially after the allegations happened. And the fact that he's a white man and now Mm. allegedly, Mm. according to himself, according to what he's saying, he is a white gay man. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, my God, it's so great. He's coming out. He's living his true life. He's living his truth and he's being authentic. Girl, give me a taste of that Kit Kat bar. I ain't got no time. <laughs> you know, I don't know what that Kit Kat bar tastes like because, you know, I'm black. Uh, I don't. <laughs> no, listen, Colton, colon cleanse <laughs> needs to just be flushed. <laughs> no one. <sighs> I'm also not here for a gay I'm, bachelor I'm not, season. I'm, I'm not here for I'm not here him for monetizing which, his coming so out. So I'm glad you brought that back up. I don't have a problem with people. If somebody wants to quote unquote monetize their coming out, whatever, it's their coming out. They can they can have it. You can have it however you want it to be your coming out. I don't have a problem with that part of it. But it's just this whole idea of him possibly also being um, crazy or I mean, allegedly like unstable mm-hmm. and exerting that unstable energy onto someone else and a female. Um, and as I, for that reason, that's why I think that he's not someone who, you know, I'm any gay subscribing to his YouTube channel. And especially the white gays should be putting up on a pedestal. I mean, because white gays like love him, his type. What do you mean? What type? That's their type. <laughs> white guy's name, Colton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, look, Google. Google him. You're generalizing. And I feel like that is just, to me, feels like... Like a circuit gay? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, his name is Colton, for God's sake. That's enough of an affront as far as I'm concerned. And anyway. He probably likes ketchup on his tacos. We'll move on. We'll move on to something a little more black. Oh. Um, so for anyone who recognizes <laughs> the name Jillio White, um, Steve Urkel, if you will, did I Family do that? Matters, okay? Um, Stefan Urkel, if you will, um, uh-uh. news came out this past week that he is coming out with his own line of weed called Purple Urkel. Um, so obviously, um, Steve, is it coming in edibles or just is it just loosely? I think it's just like actual weed to be smoked. So loosely, they like said loosely. pods. I'm not that well versed in the pods. World, is it like they said they were pods? I, no, bitch. You, don't you put, put it in, in a curing? No, bitch. Can you imagine no. a herbal tea? Bitch? I, I can't send me the link. No, I can't. Um, but he has entered the cannabis industry, which in my opinion is super smart. So through a partnership with 710 labs and um, the WB, <laughs> his new cannabis line called it's purple features variants of the popular cannabis string purple Urkel It's set to launch April 20 or was set to launch or will be set to launch April 20th, depending upon when you're listening to this Four twenty, and which is apropos. Um, the brand you know? will be on uh, shelves in California to start. And the hope, obviously, is that they then will be able to expand into other markets. Um, Jaleel White himself said the thing that always stood out to me was there was no clear brand leader um, for fire purple weed. He said it, fire purple weed. Yes. It made no sense to me. Um, that no company of significance had claimed this lane, so why not me? I don't even know what purple wheat is. I should have Googled that. I mean, I don't know. Purple haze. <laughs> is that one? And apparently, so he's friends with 710 Labs founder um, Brad uh, Mel Schenker, mm. and that they apparently met on a flight. 
and connected over their passion for cannabis. Um, so apparently, interestingly, um, to smoke the end result, it actually allegedly tastes There's a like a lot of these. It tastes it. like grape candy. Oh, what do you cool. think about the purple? I mean, I think that it's smart. I think that he is rather interesting and he's, you know, trying to diversify his, his legacy. Um, I think that marijuana is an industry that if you have the funds and you have the resources, if you can get into a dispensary um, or a, in his case, <laughs> I guess you would call that like a farm, mm-hmm. um, do it. Um, you know, the, the challenging part is because it's not being federally funded or accepted right now, you can't get loan business loans for things like this. You mm-hmm. have to literally. Well, that's have, what that's why it's important that he's friends with the mm-hmm. 710 Labs founder. So I think it's interesting. I mean, I, I'm intrigued by it. I would love to see more about how this differs because I know Jay-Z also has some sort of funded. He has a stake. He has a stake in a cannabis company. Yeah. Um, so people are doing it. People are investing. People are see the long term investment um, in it. But yeah, I mean, I I don't know, like Steve <laughs> Urkel, the Purple Urkel, or is what Purple is it called? Urkel. So yeah, I mean, I, the I mean, name needs some work. Listen, this is my business. I would try it. The uh, um, the name needs work though. And I will also no. I think Purple Urkel is perfect as a name for it. Um, and I'd say that to your point, any celebrities who are looking for investment opportunities, like cannabis is a smart play, mm-hmm. you know, depending upon which company you actually invest in. Um, and you know, as the nation gets more and more comfortable, especially like people in middle America get more and more comfortable with the legalization of recreational yeah. marijuana use. Um, I think it's just super, super smart. It's a smart way to make money. Um, and it will be interesting to see how successful this is. Um, if they are able to expand into other markets and also um, what other celebrities start to go more public. Cause I'm sure there are probably a ton of celebrities who are investing in cannabis Silent companies, investors. right. Who are doing it on the QT, you know, they're not wanting to talk about it for various reasons, for various, um, but it'll be interesting to see like how that evolves, um, you know, as we go along mm-hmm. um, and um, the evolution of for anyone cushion. who's interested, a limited edition series of merchandise that includes oh. a waffle maker for some odd oh. reason will also be available um, and people can sign a up for. Maker? Yes, people can sign up for product alerts through the it. He don't ship international, though. So why is it? I mean, he don't ship nationally. People can sign up for product alerts through the it's purple website and mm. i think i'm gonna sign up for that did i do that did you bitch well you gonna probably. do probably <laughs> well we're gonna take a break <laughs> and we're gonna come back with some more fuckery messery and charcuterie of trash charcuterie uh-huh okay. we'll be back and now a word <laughs> a little moment What's up? I'm Miss Casey Carter. I'm Naomi Raven, and we are the Glow Up Podcast. We interview entrepreneurs weekly in hopes to inspire you to pursue your passion. And we aim to educate and motivate you towards success. New episodes drop every single Monday and are available everywhere podcasts are. So don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And follow us at the Glow Up Cast. We're back. I have my H2O. <laughs> That's why I need to be drinking, but you I'm sure not. Do. I'm having yet another drink, but I did get a snack because I figure if I have a snack, then I can't drink more. Then you can come on back. 
Now I can drink more. Well, back in February, February, we decided to share some news about the Kardashian West divorce. And it's reported today a few things. Uh, one we can confirm and one we can just um, allege because I just read it today on the way back from our brunch. Um We'll start there. So Kim Kardashian and Kanye announced their divorce in February, as I said. But Kanye is up in arms because he feels, or he is alleging, that the Kardashians, the masters of spin doctors, Mm -hmm. spinning a headline, is that Kim served him with the divorce papers. But he is actually saying that he served her because he said for year, for months rather, um, he was telling her the only thing they had in common were the kids. <laughs> so he and his alleged team are upset because he's like, I wanted okay, to serve yeah, you the yeah. whole time. The, the long and the short is Kanye is like, not my headline. I was the one. So what are your thoughts on that? Do you feel like Kanye is just saying it just to say it? So, um, yeah, I think that that's a possibility. Um, it's also obviously a possibility that what he's saying is true. It is. Um, because we're, we're dealing with the Kardashians and they are, you know, master spin doctors. Like, you know, if there was a fucking PhD for spin doctoring, these bitches would have it. Um, little miss, little miss, little miss can't be wrong. So, okay. Um, but what I'm struggling with is why it matters. Because (laughs) Kim, I mean, Kanye wants to be. What? Not the villain in this. Like he I don't went. I actually think that it really does not matter at all. It doesn't matter who served who. I think that the papers were signed. Right. I think that now that you're already within the divorce proceeding, you're agreeing on shit, like it really doesn't fucking matter who served papers to who. And they had a prenuptial agreement and apparently I don't know if you read this, babe, but they said that under it they kept all of their property separate throughout their entire marriage. I believe it. So I believe they also kept their finances separate, like I, in general, yeah. like so money they I were making. I don't see them as having a joint bank account. I see, no. see them as having a separate bank. She account. was like, I'll Venmo you. <laughs> I'll Venmo you for dinner. <laughs> Wait, does Venmo has, have limits? I don't know. I don't think I'm not Venmo. I don't live that. I don't live that Venmo life. I'm not million dollars. But what I will say <laughs> is I feel like that's probably what happened. Yeah, I think for sure. Um, that they kept their finances separate. Well, the good thing is, is that Kim and Kanye, like, I feel like their divorce is going to not be as messy as it could be because I think that they're going to, I think Kim specifically will be making sure that it's not. And I think the most recent update that we read this past week, one of the updates was that the joint custody was confirmed. Mm-hmm. So Kim and Kanye, Kanye had asked and requested for joint custody um, in their divorce settlement, uh, as they're settling whatever terms they'll have, and Kim approved it. So apparently, Chris Jenner went on a whole advice, you know, PR tour mm-hmm. that she said she the advice she gave Kim in the divorce was the kids come first. Why is she doing any type of publicity because related to that's a divorce what the Kardashians do? Is yeah, see that shit's not cool. At that all. I'm going to go on a tour to talk about the show in our final season, but also 
to talk about the divorce. Uh, okay, so she's actually um, is under the auspices of of her. The what? Auspices. Okay. Of her promoting Even when you're their tipsy, show. You using fucking Scrabble <laughs> words. So it's so it's they're ta- they're supposed to be there to talk about something else, but, but then she's like, oh well, yeah, I love okay. the sky, and Kim okay. and Kanye did get a divorce, and this mm. was the advice I gave her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, I feel like the Kardashians are trashians, <laughs> and Kanye. Did you read that Azalea Banks wants to date Kim? Wants to date Kanye? No, she doesn't. She said she wants. You to know what she him. wants to be in the headlines. She does. I do yeah. think that Kanye should produce an album for her, though. I absolutely like, think that would be a horrible idea. I think it would be good. No, Why? no, 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 no. His production and her rapping. No, I think it could be good. No, I'm please sorry. keep them apart. It will be dangerous. Let's keep them apart as long as possible. So, so, hopefully so forever. dangerous. <laughs> so that's what my story is about Kim. And I think that ultimately no one cares. And Kim can continue to get sucked and fucked by her doctor oh. that makes her hips look big and her waist look small. Wait, are you suggesting that she's having a inappropriate relationship with her doctor? No, I'm just saying that that's what he's doing. Oh, okay. I just wanted to be clear. Allegedly. Yeah, I mean... I, the, uh, it, it doesn't matter as far as this whole idea of who I am glad the to. kids. I'm glad the kids that will have a relationship with their dad. It's yeah, just... I but I also wonder how attentive a father, uh, you know, what type of father Kanye is. I feel like Kanye um, and to be perfectly honest, Kim as well. I feel like they're so wrapped up in their own bullshit mm-hmm. that like I'm not so sure how attentive they are as parents. I feel mm-hmm. like they have a lot of help, multiple nannies mm-hmm. and that they only really probably have the kids around when they want to. Yes. Um. So I think that, you know, having joint custody in that type of reality is very different than regular old people who have joint custody of kids who are homeschooling on Zoom and doing mm-hmm. all these things and who can't afford maybe to go to the best. best I wonder school. if they'll share a, share a nanny. Mm-hmm. At both at both homes, mm-hmm. I wonder if that is. I'm sure part that's of, a thing. That feels like that's a thing amongst yeah. Like, so that they have some rich. sort of like yeah. Common. So like the nanny is only with because why the nanny doesn't need to be with the nanny follows right. the children exactly. So the nanny will go where the children go. Yeah, I'm I'm almost send that me is my girls, including the nanny <laughs> or and au pair or whatever whatever. Au pair. Yes. <laughs> I mean, to each his own. To to wallet to whatever whatever you want to spend do you boo but blessed be the children having their father so that's mm-hmm. we just need to focus on that they will have their father whether he is in the in the in the studio making beats or, or out in these streets in, making a mess oh wow speaking of making a mess <laughs> the talk came back after a month-long hiatus and the hiatus as you remember was driven because sharon osborne decided to be you know, show her full ass on national television. <laughs> um, and including boy, the crack, bitch. And boy, was it messy. She spread her cheeks for everybody to see. Oh, okay. not her she did, metaphorically, oh, of course. Oh, my God. That was, mm, that's a visual that was a I vision. don't need. <laughs> so it came back, and the first show on Monday was literally a show about why they went away. <laughs> and what happened when they went away and how they felt about going away and what well, going away from on hiatus, what it meant and why Sharon wasn't here, why it wasn't there anymore and what that meant and the conversation around race, race, racism and 
you know, microaggressions and all of this, all of the, the yeah. I mean, I feel like the overarching theme of the episode was having difficult conversations Correct. and how to navigate difficult Correct. conversations. And so the Cheryl Underwood um, and also Elaine were on the headlines for a lot of, you know, things over like about like allegations they were putting alleged allegedly about Sharon in the workplace and, Sharon text um, Shara Underwood about the thing while they were under investigation, like the because there was an investigation that happened, a workplace investigation. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sharon is saying that Cheryl didn't re- respond back. So Cheryl took the time on Monday to say, I want to clear the record. And she said, I had never been through nobody's investigation. And I thought I wasn't allowed to talk to you during the during the investigation. So I didn't respond. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think she should have responded? So, um, first of all, I don't believe that. And I'm, at, I'm to be clear, I'm Team Cheryl in this whole situation. But I don't believe that she thought that she couldn't just simply respond to a text. You think that she did? I think that she, she chose to not respond to the text. And I think that if you read between the lines of what Cheryl had said and what she had said in, in the media, it was much more of, I have not spoken to, Cher- to Sharon. I have not had a conversation. Mm. I don't have and even on this on this episode of talk, which we did watch. She says, I don't have any missed calls from Sharon. Mm. And I think mm. that if I'm reading between those lines and knowing what she I know exactly about, you know, aunties. OK, because Cheryl could be an auntie of mine. She, that's an um, auntie. I think that she was prefer she would have preferred to have spoken to Sharon one-on-one as opposed to it being via text message because of the brevity of the topic that they were discussing. Come on, brevity. So, you, I, I just, you over here really giving us words mm-hmm. this week, even so, on the tips. So I think that for me, that's what, that if I'm kind of like parsing the words and interpreting what she's saying, um, I don't think it really had much much to do with the investigation, or as much to do with the investigation as it did. Do you, would you with her responded? just wanting for her to reach out to her and like woman to woman and have a conversation about it? Would you have responded to a text message? Mm-hmm. I probably would have responded, but I don't know what I was what I would have said. Um, I would have responded, "Girl, we need to talk." So you know, Call me. but but if if I, taking it. On its face, I don't believe that she really thought that she couldn't reach out to her. I think that she made a conscious decision not to reach out to Come her. Come on. Not to respond. But, I, I mean, Sharon is going on. This is another person now going on. Sharon the, is messy as fuck. Sharon just needs to shut up. She does. I said Sharon that is over She's here messy. talking. And the more you talk, Girl, the more people quiet. is walking. You know, yeah. it, people are tired of it. She's just she, digging herself into a deeper mm-hmm. hole. And, like, the text messages, the text messages. Girl, the whole time. You said, and the, the what's funny is Sharon's going out here and trying to like, I guess, clean her name or keep her name clean mm-hmm. by then <laughs> dogging the black women on the show. So it's like literally what you're being blamed for. The, just the black women or all of the women? All, all the women. The women but the like specific, she had most issue and most I mean, conflict. most of the women on the show are not But white. she had most issue and most conflict with the two black women on the show about this topic. The other white woman, she was silent in the corner. And as she said on Monday, she was just trying to figure out how would she, how could she find some de-escalation. Yeah, and like find common ground. But... That you know, sometimes that's not what you're gonna get, girl. Sometimes you need to be like, no, this is not okay, and here's why. Call bitches out. And to me, I feel like Sharon's little tour that she's on 
is going after the black women. Uh, I mean, I think she's going after all of them. Um, I I can't remember what the quote was. I I definitely read it, but it was because she was just saying that the, the women they were just like messy women, right? That they're being petty or whatever. Yeah. And I'm paraphrasing. That's not the the exact verbiage that she used, but it basically was kind of minimizing, um, you know, all of the concerns that all of the women because because it, it wasn't just, um, Cheryl and then um, uh, remind me of her name. The one Elaine. Who was Elaine. So it wasn't just them. Like they, it was also the white woman. I can't remember her name either. But um, they all felt mm-hmm. uncomfortable. They all felt that that um, Sharon Osbourne was out of line. So you know, it, it's just interesting to me. I think that um, it seems because mm-hmm. Sharon is still on some type of uh, an ap- not even an apology, but like an explanation tour. Um, and bad mouthing of her co-host tour doesn't seem like she wants to go away right now. And no. I don't really understand it because I think that that would be the best thing for her to do. And if she really had good advisors around her, they would just be like, and, Shut but up. I also could see her not listening to her advisors, Agreed. but I think that, um, they should just say, girl, just fall back. Like this she will blow over. Bill, she, she's keeping the conversation going. Yeah, exactly. Going and it will shows. blow over. And I know you were saying, you were like, well, why didn't she sign like a NDA or whatever mm-hmm. with the network? I was like, the network doesn't want that either. Mm-hmm. They want her to keep talking about Cause it. Because she interviewed with Bill Ma- Mayer. Bill Maher. Bill Maher. Bill Maher, mm-hmm. girl. Same girl, different name. <laughs> and uh, he basically, through, there were some tidbits of this interview that were like worth watching. The rest of it was basically just her just being trash and saying did he call her out because i mean he's saying that she's not racist talker. and that she you know never you they're not the words that she's being accused of saying off mic and in the workplace are not in her vocabulary mm-hmm, mm-hmm. girl i heard it all before you don't see color i can just i mean i can just talk like oh, i can just read through you girl so fucking stupid so later on bill you actually, blind bitch you don't see colors you don't later color on bill actually okay. read a tabloid which alleged sharon was actually reading through many off job offers of which Sharon was like, she didn't know anything about it. And she said, I'm doing just fine. What about the people that are cut from the knees down who can't afford to get the lessons now on their politically on what's politically correct. What happens to them? It's just not fair. Mm. It isn't about being a racist. It's maybe not knowing what is correct and woke for your language that day. It changes um, from day to day what is correct. So she's definitely minimizing so many different um, systemic issues in this country, specifically black and in this world. But specifically she's not black because she's women, not even like, from here. And then Robert, um, Holly Robinson, Pete, bitch. Did she come out with another? She statement? tweeted. No, she said <laughs> in response to the interview, she said. <laughs> then maybe don't say or do racist things. <laughs> How about what about there? what you've called people? Accountability, accountability, cancel culture. Whoa. I said, well, won't Holly? You she better <laughs> do that, bitch. Holly's been sick of her shit since she got fired from season one or whatever of the talk. I mean, to me, Sharon Osbourne, I feel like this story is just getting tired because I just feel like Sharon is talking about the same thing. And to me, the talk hasn't addressed it. And the later in the week, they weren't talking about it. Oh, of course not. They just wanted they like, to... go ahead, girl. You go on your tour. 
talk about the talk. And they had and a whole episode. And they had a whole episode about it. And then it's like she can continue to talk about it. And guess what? That's pr- more than likely going to help them Press. get more ratings. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what their ratings are. She, you know, in a way, she's really helping them and not so much helping herself. But she herself. doesn't see it that way. Besides the fact that I think that she probably is helping herself to to a certain extent to a certain audience. So I wonder the who, audience, she'll, who she'll get hired. It'll be the audience of white supremacists, of, you know, people who... Um, you know, promote racial grievance and um anti cancel culture folks. I wonder who I wonder who who she'll get hired by. Who knows? I don't even fucking care. Well, I know who also is hiring. Oh god. I would Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez, <laughs> they decided to officially announce their split mm. um after the split was leaked and they decided to patch the hole but then on um, then the fix of flat did not work. <laughs> um and they moved on and had to change the tires. They've been broke up since we heard about this last that part. time. But go on. <laughs> so they officially came out in a joint statement on Thursday and this is just a little update from the we he said he said moment. He they said we have realized we are much better as friends. Oh, was that right? And look forward to remaining so. Oh, we will continue nice. to work together and support each other on our shared business and projects. Mm. We wish the best for each other and others' children. Mm. Out of respect for them, the only other comment we'll say is thank you everyone who has sent kind words and support. Mm. This on forty on Wednesday though, before the statement came out, A Rod, who is forty five, posted a video panning by photos of Lopez and their children from previous marriage marriages tagged Jennifer Lopez and the music was Coldplay was a Coldplay song and it was everyone saying it was his moment of just reflecting oh. uh, uh, reflecting and then also announcing of their conscious uncoupling this is Jennifer Lopez's fourth marriage and Alex's second mm-hmm. um after becoming married in 2019 and then their wedding was supposed to be in 2020 and then it was postponed moved and then globally canceled <laughs> If you care, J Lo is on. J Lo is um in the market, and I'm sure she'll likely now marry. She'll likely get into a relationship with someone younger. I want J Lo to just be single for a while. I don't think she's going to. I, I know it's really none of my motherfucking business, but I just want that for her. I think she will go with someone younger. I think that um. From the outside looking in, J-Lo just appears to be that type of person who, and I think we all have known people who are like this. We, you, listener, you may be like this, but there are certain people who do not like to be alone. Mm-hmm. So they literally jump from one relationship mm-hmm. to another. So it's like a week later, they have another serious relationship. And I think that um, there's something to be said for just kind of falling back. And having some time alone, being still, and then moving on to, you know, the next relationship. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with this. I'm sure she'll be married by... I'm I'm just going to put this out there, put this on wax. She's not going to be married, but in a relationship. Okay. I'm going to (laughs) say what I'm going to say. J-Lo will be married again by 2023. Okay. Okay. 2023. I thought you were going to say 2022. I gave her two years to find a man, fuck a man. Engage a man and get married. To I can see. I can see another marriage by twenty. She is gonna. By the time she passes away, she'll be at seven. She is basically the new um, Elizabeth Taylor. Elizabeth Taylor was married like I don't know five, six, seven times. 
Um, but yeah, I I do. She go open a jewelry store with all the uh, her engagement <laughs> rings. I'm sure she kept them all. Um, I um wish Jennifer Lopez well. Um, I, I wish never, you well. never thought Alex Rodriguez was even remotely cute, but that's fine. Um, he's not in my bed at night, so that. It, it oh, hurts. I know that's right because I am. Um, but I'm gonna leave the door I, open. So I, I, so I wish them both very well. But I think I, I will reiterate what I said which is that these these two have been broken up since we heard about them the mm-hmm. last time. And for whatever reason, they wanted to say face. I don't know I think that what they that wanted was. to create the narrative. The kids or what it was. I think they wanted to create the narrative. But it was dumb, and they just should have acknowledged that they were broken up back then. Um, in as recently as this week, there were, um, I guess, pictures of Jayla without her without her, her ring. ring. Mm-hmm. So then I guess now they figure, oh, well, we need to come out and actually She say said, it. you know what? Let's do it. It's dumb. She said, give me a beat. Dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. last but not least in our Unfiltered Unbothered, if you remember oh, Leave Britney Alone, the video that went viral <laughs> when Britney Spears shaved her head and Chris Crocker was his name. Well, Chris Crocker has decided to announce that they go by they, pro- they them pronouns. Um, and they also are selling that infamous video. Um, yes. on um, NFT, which is a non-fungible token. Yes. Um, and it was selling last I saw for like $44,000, mm. which is that actual money? Yeah. Interesting. But is it like <laughs> Bitcoin's assumption? No, it's like actual money. Like, like it's probably USD. But how, how, how did, how that happen? They sell it and then someone buys it. Well, it's selling for $44,000 and they're deciding to use that money to begin their transition. Crocker has said that for some time, their journey, what they've had a journey with their gender identity. When they uploaded the Leave Britney Alone in 2007, much of the cultural discussion focused on Crocker's gender expression. Because if you remember, face was beat, hair was down and a wig, it was messy and it was... <laughs> you know, lipstick and just tragic. And that was 2007. Um, the former YouTuber has now since revealed that they have been, they're trans. They also did a lot of porn. Well, in between, they also said in a recent interview, <laughs> um, Crocker, who is not, who is worried because one of their, um, afraid of transitioning because one of their, um, big lines of income right now is only fans. Oh, Okay. Um, so I'm sorry. So, so still doing porn. They are. Okay. Mm-hmm. So th- they are concerned that once they transition, their OnlyFans will only have fan. Um, so I wish them luck. What are your thoughts on this? <sighs> um, oh, not a deep breath. Okay. So. Not um, a deep breath. Hmm. Where do I begin? Let's begin at the beginning. So we have the um, the whole Britney Spears thing. Leave her alone. Leave Britney alone, which that's probably more authentic because mm-hmm. I think that at that moment, that's just how Chris as a Britney Spears fan was feeling mm-hmm. like he needed to come to the defense of, you know, his icon, his idol, whatever, what have you. There. And it just happened to go viral mm-hmm. and turned into this whole thing. And then I think that for a lot of people, once they get a taste of virality, and a taste of celebrity mm-hmm. because, you know, if you go viral, you at least feel like you're a celebrity, even if mm-hmm. you're not really. I think that after that, it was like, oh, shit, like, how do I continue to remain relevant mm-hmm. 
um, to a large audience so he went of to people. Only fans? They went to OnlyFans. So they um, were doing porn, um, and mm. I've not seen a f- any full scenes, but I know that they were very fit. They were like abs, a whole nine yards mm. when they were doing the gay porn thing. Mm. Um, and then they gained some weight, and after that, so they weren't, to my knowledge, doing much porn. But then they started doing these little videos that were kind of funny because Chris has all the personality. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the videos that resonated in our friend group was um, take a bear now. somebody, yes, trying to wake somebody up in the oh, morning or whatever. It's three th- o'clock. Yeah, at three o'clock or six o'clock. I think I it's give, jealousy. I don't give a fuck what time <laughs> it is. So like he had. So again, I feel like that was another evolution where it was like, OK, so now I'm going to do this because these videos yeah. will be viral. And then now we come to a point where, um, you know, he obviously has they, they obviously, sorry, they have an OnlyFans, um, which, again, makes total sense to mm-hmm. someone who doesn't have a real job and who is, you know, wanting to maintain this level of visibility and virality, um, you know, and celebrity. And they still live in like the boondocks of Tennessee. I believe it. Because I mean, it, that money goes farther. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they are making good money mm-hmm. with their with that OnlyFans. So it doesn't necessarily surprise me about the transition. Um, I don't want to minimize their transition and say that it's just for clout because I don't necessarily think that that's the case. I think that you know it, it could be genuine that this person is really just wanting to live their authentic mm-hmm. life. Um, but it's it's also very possible that this could be for clout. Agreed. So I, you know, pretty much everything that that Chris Crocker does at this point, I am tilting my head and giving a little bit wow. of a side eye. Not a tilt inside. Yeah, it's a it's a tilt and a side eye. Oh, yeah. it's because you've been drinking all this. So, side. Uh, but I mean, good luck to them. It's true. Yes, in their transition, and there's we'll an audience leave, out there for that. We will leave Chris yeah. alone. Yeah. I mean, but that's a whole thing, like the 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 whole procedure that goes into that. Like there'd be a period of time where they won't be. They able would to not work. be able to do their their OnlyFans anymore while so. they're healing, if you will. Well, that my friends is unfiltered, unbothered. It is. Um, we, we won't get any more graphic s- than we that. We started deep and we ended deeper. <laughs> um, moving on to shuffle and repeat. First songs mm. first. Andre Day decided to finally release a single that was not Rise Up, the remix. Um, those of you may know. She's had like three, four songs out since that movie yes, came out. But Rise Up. Don't do that. Um, is a song that will forever be known as this generation's hero. Um, Mariah Carey's hero. It feels like whenever there's something that sad happens, <laughs> yes. we listen to Rise Anything Up. Anything you need an inspirational anthem, Bitch, if you got, comes Rise If you up. got nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea, diarrhea you better listen to Rise Up. <laughs> and I rise up, girl, from that toilet every time. So Andre Day's song, Phone Dies, produced by Anderson Pack, and also co-produced by Giddy, who did a bunch of songs with Chloe and Holly on their last project. Um... It this this singer song this singer songwriter actress is up for an Oscar. Come she on, multi hyphenate. Mm-hmm. She won an uh, a Golden Globe um, for her portrayal of Billie Holiday. She might win an Oscar. Uh, yeah, she might win an Oscar, which the Oscars are next Sunday. So it feels like a good rollout time. The song itself. Um, when I heard it, I was like, this sounds like an Anderson Pack song. Like the production, I was like, it gives me Anderson Pack vibes. Um, and I like it and I, I enjoy it. I feel like 
it's refreshing for her. It um it's it feels new. There's a taste of African influences. Um, you know, I feel like she's about to have a moment with the Oscars. She had a moment with the Golden Globes. Her last project came out in 2015. There's also talks that, that was a, so long ago. Uh-huh. There's also talks that a full-length album is on its way, but Good. it's unclear if Phone Dies is the leading single. Mm. Uh, it's funky, it's modern, but there's like this techno technical technical moment um in it i'm here for it and like i feel like her voice lends well to the track what were your thoughts so um mm. i like the song the song um is is very good and i because i was wondering um what direction she was gonna go in mm-hmm. um you know beyond a kind of like sound alike billy holiday type sound um, you know, not to take anything away from her talent because she's super talented, but she does have, you know, her voice is in that same wheelhouse yeah. as as um a Billie Holiday. Yeah. Um. So I really love the production and I love her vocal. Um. I am a bit confused about what the song is about, especially after I took a look at the the lyrics. Um, the lyrics. But I mean, it seems like she's speaking to someone that she's engaging with only online or text um, messages or like through her phone. Mm. Um, you know, one of the refrains is this might sound crazy, but be my baby. I'll let you feel these vibes until the phone dies. Yeah, we can feel these vibes until my phone dies. Oh. And then she also has multiple references to the person pulling up. So I think that this is basically mm. she's talking to someone either through the DMs or whatever. She's doing it virtually. Um, and, um, you know, this is about kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to continue to entertain this until I can't anymore, which mm. would be when my phone dies. Um, but I, I am very, very intrigued with this. I like it. Um, it's sultry, it's slinky, it's on, satisfying. Slink. And for me, it's on repeat. So, um, I do hope that she continues to work with and the likes of Anderson Pack. Mm-hmm. Um, she works with Salam Raphael Remy. Sadiq, who she worked with on the, um, Tigress and, and Tweed song. That is the one original song from the, um, Billy mm-hmm. Holiday soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And to your point, Salam Remy, like, I feel like these are the producers who will really be able to guide her mm-hmm. into a sound that, um, respects the, um, tone like of Pharrell her voice. would be a good one too, though. Yeah, it could be. Um, but it's important that the um, producers be able to respect the tone of her voice, um, but also to give her material that sounds like it's now. Yes. It's All right. repeat for you, you said? Yeah, I said I'll repeat. Yes, so I moving on, we have Cautious Clay um, with Karma and uh, Friends. Friends. Um, so another kind of lyrically confounding song. Um, I'm kind of into it, but then... Um, again, lyrically, it's like, um, I'll just tell you, it says something about the way you call me when you know I'm doing the most, Mm. you know, I'm about to sway though, Mm -hmm. coming out the gate dressed Navy blue Mm -hmm. choruses, karma and friends. I'm not so impressed. My love. I know what you're after strawberry bins. You can't even expense my love. I know what you're after. I don't know. What's she after? The, the D? Is that what she's after? Yeah. Or he? Because I don't know. I don't know how he. Oh, what I don't he's know. Into. But what I do know is that <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> but either way, um, I like the track. I like his vocal, even if I have absolutely no fucking idea of what he's talking about. 
Um, but that said, I'm a lyric person, so I really would like to know more. Mm. Um, you want and a synopsis? Yeah, until I know more, um, it's um, it's 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 on it's on shuffle until I know more. Well, he writes and produces for other artists. Um, the last album, John Legend, he was all over it, so it isn't like he's not talented in that regard. Um, but the song definitely. I left confused about the topic, so I'm glad you said that. Uh, he did also announce um, his debut album because he's not had a debut album. He's had three EPs. Really? Oh, wow. Um, Deadpan Love will be released in June. Um, and this is apparently, um, you know, the lead single. Cold mm-hmm. War was his num- was his hit debut song. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was featured on... Um, insecure mm-hmm. so that's where you probably may have heard him um the song in, in itself in my opinion is also like a shuffle right now i need to sit with the lyrical contact to understand what the hell he's trying to say because mm-hmm. sometimes i'd be confused i was hella confused and i was like oh let me go i'm gonna look at these lyrics and listen to the song at the same time um and i was like yeah i still don't get it i didn't get it either <laughs> i'm sorry to that song i don't know what that song's about um but again go out and listen to it because well you might like it you might you just might and the next artist is a new artist mars m-a-r-double-z so it's m-a-r-z-z the song is cleopatra and it is timberland produced oh so this 21 year old i didn't i didn't do that research so this 21 year old Louisville newcomer delivers her single cleopatra produced by timberland alongside with justin mosley jordan mosley and nes it's a powerhouse team and it basically is a story about mars's previous relationship with her girlfriend and it's called hot like this hot and cold relationship the track definitely is split into two parts when you listen to it this beginning is more darker and then aggressive production and then it the mid song it kind of settles into this lighter like version so it was interesting to see like the duality of her as an artist in this one song um but also she released a song called so frequently this year which i did not know uh, there's a video also. So I enjoy that she is like a singer, songwriter, writer, rapper. It mm-hmm. feels that it feels like Timberland aligns himself with artists like he this. Does. But not they don't often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but the song to me, I, it's on a repeat, like for sure. And I'm really interested to learn more about um, about her as an artist and learn and hear more from her as an artist. What were your thoughts? Um, so it's interesting to hear Timbaland because I typically love Timbaland production, um, which he does very infrequently these days, unless fucking Justin Timber Snatch has a song out. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I, for me personally, the first part of the track that you, you were talking about is too heavy, mm. and I think that ultimately it um overpowers her vocal, which I did not appreciate. Mm. Um and it seems like she's she's also a rapper so like she raps a bit um but mostly it seems like mostly she sings um and again there's that complete like 180 with regard to the song and more specifically the track that happens halfway through um where it's like okay well this is co- a completely different song um so I'd say that the new song the second half of the track is 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 better for me personally mm-hmm. i like it better but i'm gonna put it on shuffle because i can't separate the first half from the oh, second half well, so shit, bitch. 
Yeah. I, w- I wish it had been better, and especially considering the fact that I'm hearing it at Cymbaline, but no. And she's queer. No thanks. And she's also queer, but no thank you. Well, Maybe next time. I went and listened to some of her older stuff, and I was like, oh, this is this is actually cool. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Next, we have someone I'd never heard of before, um, Nico Walters, um, and he has a song that is actually, originally it was just him, called Not My Neighbor. Well, they've added Keanu Lede to it, and I guess it's a remix, even though, I mean, I don't really call those remixes. When you just add someone to it, that's not a remix. It's just you added someone to exactly. it. Exactly. Um, it's almost like a reimagining. Um, but I don't have any idea who this man is, but I am so here for this. Oh, are you? Okay. Um, so, again, originally it was just him. Now we've added um, Kiana Lede, who Kiana Lede has, in my mind, a very specific aesthetic when it comes to like the music that she puts out, uh-huh. which I appreciate. And this was definitely aligned to that. Absolutely. Um, and, um, and you know, I refer to it as a very specific aural aesthetic. Ooh. Um, and she is really great on these songs that sound, in my opinion, like they're crafted for the spring and summer. Yeah. And that's what this gives me. It gives me very like summer vibes. It gives me very like we're going to be playing this at every barbecue, every cookout. What was the one song you like, Keanu Lede? Bouncing. Yes. That's, that's my shit. Yes. I love that song so much. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a song that I really, really enjoy. There's something about the track. Um, there's also a very complimentary nature um, that exists between the, the two voices and their mm, vocals, yes. which is interesting because it's like when you hear, oh, actually, he did the song by himself and then they added her to it. Mm-hmm. To me, that makes it even more impressive that yeah. she was able to fold her vocal in, and even though they probably never even like met in person. Yeah. COVID. <laughs> Considering COVID and what they can do in the studios these days. Um, but this is about to be my shit for the summer. Oh. Okay. One of, one of, one of, because I'll have multiple. Wow. Um, and um, multiples. Yeah. I think, again, that this, this is something that will live this year for um, cookouts and it is definitely on repeat. I was here for it and I felt like it was a conversational song. Like it felt like they're, like you said, their voices meshed well. It felt like it was intended to be a duet. Mm-hmm. I liked it. And for me, it's on a repeat as well. I don't know if it's a summer 2021 vibe. We'll see. I'm still mm-hmm. on the spring tip. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. even on That's wearing okay. shorts right now. I'm still figuring <laughs> out. Mind your business. Oh my gosh. All right. So um, we'll finish up with a little bit of um, honorable mention. First is um, Morning Streetlights by Dawn Richard. Um, we um, have talked about Dawn multiple times on the pod mm-hmm. before she used to be in Danny Kane. Um, and she's still out here making really, really compelling music. And this her album comes out on the 30th. Oh, nice. This is so good. Um, I think we didn't talk about it just because we've talked about her, um, more than once, I think in the mm-hmm. past couple of months, cause she's had multiple tracks that have come out, but this makes me very excited for that project. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. But again, please go out and stream. Um, it's morning and it's morning without a G. Um, slash streetlights, mm-hmm. and again, that's Dawn Richard. Richard spelled Richard. like Richard, or um, Dawn. And if you just do Dawn or Dawn, yeah. And if you did Dawn Morning, I'm sure it would come up. Um, the other is a song that popped up in my title, which is um, entitled Y, and that's Y as in the the letter Y, like yellow, by this really interesting, which I had, was not aware of them. They're a multicultural singing group. 
and they're called Citizen Queen. I don't know much about them. I'll have to do some research. Um, but they've popped up a couple of times in my mm-hmm. in like you know title or Spotify. And this song, why I have to say, is really great. Um, you know, first of all, a, a multicultural singing group right now is probably very on brand. So yes. let's do that. Um, and also, um, this is kind of like the ballad that I did not know I needed. They oh. sound really, really great. There's this man that starts singing in the middle of it, and I don't know who that is. And he is in build, which is weird. But overall, this is a really great song. So um, I think you should go out and stream that as well. Again, it's Y is in the yellow Y. Yeah, letter. There goes that liquor again. As in the Nigga, letter girl. Y by Citizen Queen. And yeah. That is our honorable mention this week. Yeah. That's all oh my gosh. Well, honorable mention to the spring weather in Seattle. So wherever <laughs> you are, please enjoy this week. Mm-hmm. And while you're enjoying it, we want you to tell a friend to tell a friend. Because the more people we have at our cookout, the larger it gets. Indeed. And everyone loves a large cookout. (laughs) I can't with you. (laughs) All right. We will talk to you all next week. Bye, girl.